Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 220 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a UX consultant, author, and speaker. He has nearly three decades of experience consulting with and training the product development teams of some of the world's largest organizations. He has taught over 140,000 students through his online courses and is a regular keynote speaker and lecturer at events across the globe. So welcome to the podcast, Joe Natoli. Thank you for having me, Phil. I appreciate it. So that, Joe, was pretty much a very brief introduction. Could you perhaps put a bit of color about or on your career experience and give us a bit of an understanding of what you do? Sure. I mean, my main job is a UX consultant. The, the longer I do this, where I find myself now, it's teaching. Okay. I spend a lot of time with product teams, which means, you know, product owners, developers, database folks, uh, and of course, uh, executives, and, and often designers and, and UX people as well. But throughout the course of my career, I, I think at a very early early age, I went to school for graphic design, okay, because at the time, <laughs> you know, software as service and the accessibility of, of software and the internet in particular wasn't a thing. Yeah. But as this progressed, I got really, really interested in the engineering side of things. And my father is a process engineer, so I think you know, some of it uh, maybe came from that. But what I found is that there was nothing I loved more than working with a product development team and being involved in that process and sort of helping them solve very difficult problems. You know, as I'm sure you know, <laughs> I, the fields of IT and software and product development of any kind are rife with challenges. Yes. So I just found that I, I really enjoyed that part of it and I enjoyed the human side of that. I, I enjoyed the, um, the translation of taking this very linear, logical animal, I guess you would call it, and making it palatable for people who don't have any technical acumen, trying to make things intuitive, trying to make them make sure that they deliver some form of guidance or information or, or entertainment or whatever the case may be. Sure. So was there any particular point you think where the sort of the user interaction and, and the sort of design, was there a tipping point where that became sort of more mainstream? I don't know if it became mainstream, but where the light bulb went off for me is when the internet started to become more public, right? This is right after the phase where we just had black text on gray screens. Yeah. I was working at an ad agency at the time, and I could not convince the ownership there that this internet thing was something they should pay attention to. <laughs> we had clients asking about it. We had companies asking about it. You know, like, what do we do? And Companies were starting to create their own web pages. And very quickly, I feel like on the heels of that, the rumblings of software as service and software as service enabled over the internet became a thing. Yep. This was right before the dot-com boom. So if there was a tipping point, I think it was sort of then because that was right when I dived in, right when I founded my own firm. And everything just felt like it exploded in a matter of two years. Yeah, I can believe that that was probably the case, indeed. Do, do you think there was a second sort of point as well where we became more in, more people got 
accessibility to things like smart technology. So, for example, when the iPhone appeared and the whole way people interacted with technology and the internet began to change again, do you think there was a second point of sort of evolution? I do. I think there are probably multiple points. Just when laptops became prevalent, I mean, that to me was a was a turning point. But to your point, when, when the iPhone first happened, that was pretty revolutionary. The fact that you could sort of walk around with a computer in your pocket, essentially. Yes, exactly. Was a huge, huge, huge deal. And that was a masterstroke, right? Because a lot of that technology, if you look at the iPhone, a lot of that technology had been around in sort of separate pieces for a long time. This was the first time anybody sort of put it all together in one device. So I agree with you. I think that was a major moment. And I think the acceleration that I talked about a minute ago, I think ramped up you know, even further. Joe, can you perhaps share with us a career tip, uh, one that the audience may not know and perhaps should? My biggest career tip is sort of twofold, okay? I, I think, number one, dogmatic adherence to process of any kind, okay, or, uh, or methodology or whatever you want to call it, I think often gets people into trouble. It paints organizations into corners. It certainly paints teams into corners. Blind adherence to agile, to lean, to... You know, there are hundreds of management methodologies, same kind of thing. You know, UXers and designers are very in love with their processes. First, we do this, and then we do this, and then we do this, and then we do this. The real world inside an organization is messy. It's messy. It's chaotic. You have human beings. You have emotions. And there are a lot of things that, that I see teams hold on to for dear life when they're obviously not working. And you have to be willing to pivot. You have to be willing to take the parts of that process that are working really well for you and you have to be very honest about getting rid of the parts that don't. I talked to a team three weeks ago who told me they have 200 items on their backlog. And that grows by about 20% every week. That's a warning sign. Okay, that's a, that's a warning sign. Something you are doing is flawed. It's, and, and, and they're insisting that they do it, right? So what I'm, I'm trying to get them to do is take a harder look at all that stuff, at all those user stories and say, which of these connect to <laughs> revenue or cost savings or significant customer loyalty or retention or, or some meaningful metric and get rid of everything else? Sure. So do you think there's maybe an over-reliance on process in terms of people necessarily not thinking about what the true problem is and what they're trying to achieve? Yes. Yes. I, I think that's it uh, in a nutshell. I think that's it in a nutshell. I, I think we get attached to these recipes, these prescriptions, because you sort of feel like, well, okay, that's that's my guide. I can rely on that. It's it's not something you have to think about. You know, it's always supposed to work this way. But if you have hard evidence that that it isn't working, and people are frustrated in these situations, okay, they're burned out. They're working really hard. Everybody's under pressure to perform, and the, the product is not doing what it's supposed to do. Executives are upset. Product managers are feeling heat. Project managers are feeling the heat because everything is over budget. Everything is late. It's a trickle-down effect. It's just an over-reliance on these things that we think will save us. And I think we're all very intelligent. you know. And I tell teams this all the time. There's more brain power in this room, if I got 12 people in a room, you know, than most people will ever experience in one setting. Take a step back, use what you know to be true, and say, all right, what's really happening here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and what should we be doing about it? Yeah. Okay. And Joe, can you perhaps share with us your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? 
<laughs> Which one? <laughs> I'm sure there's one worse. <laughs> yeah. No, well, you learn from failure, right? Yeah. One, one of the worst was, was um, I was in a situation where I was consulting with a very large company. And I actually wrote a blog post about this where we went down a path of proposing an entire software lifecycle system to replace this sort of convoluted, caused together collection of legacy systems that they had. This was automated workflow. We were talking about Adobe lifecycle, actually, is what the recommendation was. And we had been excluded from the guys who had built and were running this system. Okay. And they came in later in the process and they were hostile. And I did not understand why. And it was just a battle. And these people were angry. I had one guy tell me that the head of the department put his finger in my chest and said, you need to understand something. We built this system. Our jobs depend on this system. If you suggest anything that's going to replace it, I will do everything in my power to kill this project. And believe me, I can do it. And I thought, wow. And, and after I got over the shock, I thought we really, we've missed something here. There's a dynamic here that, that we've just completely missed. And after talking to those guys, after that fact, right, for a while, we, we came to learn that the, the dependencies that had been built up inside the organization, right, to this, this sort of codged together system that they had built were enormous, okay? There was no way one single system was going to replace that without not only a lot of pain for these people, right, emotionally and, and, of course, the fear of losing their jobs, it just would have been a trickle-down effect that would have affected everything. They would have, you know, their gears would have ground to a halt. So that was a huge, huge wake-up call. From the very beginning, from day one, you have got to make sure that you're talking to representative people from every department. Everybody that's tangentially involved in this product and its output throughout the organization, you have got to get in front of those people up front. And, and from that day forward, I never did anything else. I always want a day one or a three day or whatever, but I want to talk to everybody. I need to know what the lay of the land is, is here because that was a horrible, horrible, horrible feeling. And I don't think I've ever forgotten it. No, sure. So you, presumably now you talk to people, you find out what motivates them and what drives them and what the dynamics are as well within an organization. Yeah. And I want to know the nuts and bolts. Like for instance, I always want database folks in the room. Yep. And when I say that as a UX guy, I, I get looks that are sort of like, you know, as if I'd sprouted a third head or something or a second <laughs> head rather. Yes. They're like, well, no one's ever asked that before. Like why? Because these guys are responsible for architecting the information and, and they've designed the way all this stuff is stored and manipulated and accessed. They have to be part of this conversation. Otherwise, we're guessing. Yeah. You know, I, I, want, I want those folks in the room. Yep, exactly. So, Joe, moving away from your worst moment, can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? What I feel like my greatest success is, and this comes from working with students, the greatest successes to me have been, you know, when I get an email or a direct message or, you know, I've, I've traveled around speaking at conferences and uh, folks come up to me and have very nice things to say. And the thing at this point in my career that gets me out of bed in the morning are those moments when they say, you know, I was at a point where I was feeling low. I was frustrated. I felt like I can't do this. I'm never going to be able to, to figure this out. I was stuck any number of things like that, you know, and sometimes people tell you actually very personal 
stories about how they were they they felt like their life was over because they were stuck at some part of their career because we all care about this stuff very much and we do take it personally i think but what i love is is what makes me feel like what i do is worthwhile is when someone says that you know you helped me get past this sticking point in my career you what you did for me helped me get a job you renewed my faith in my ability to do this job things like that yeah. Do you often get people come up to you at conferences and told you about those sort of things? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot. Um, that happens a lot. And it's a, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It makes me feel really good. And it's why I do what I do. Okay. I, I spend a lot of time during the week and on weekends answering mail, <laughs> answering <laughs> messages, um, answering, answering student questions online. Now, sure. that necessarily the, the most exciting way to live your life we're sort of getting into an area where we're talking about mentoring in a way. Yes. And, and you know, it's, it's the most rewarding thing I, I think I've ever done. So, Joe, can you tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? I think the fact that it's always changing, quite honestly. Um, I love the fact that the road underneath you <laughs> almost <laughs> keeps changing. The terrain keeps changing. The landscape keeps changing. The, um, the possibilities keep expanding um, and, and changing and morphing. I love that part of this. I love the unexpected part of it. I've never been the type of person where I like to feel overprepared. I want to sort of keep my mind open at all times and, and sort of deal with the situation as it is. I think those challenges to me are exciting. You know, something that keeps you on your toes. Those, those are the things that keep you sharp. You know, I, I like to be pushed. I like to be pushed out of my comfort zone. I like to be challenged. And I love that about technology. You know, I love the fact that it moves so fast. Yeah. Are, are there any uh, sort of areas in UX design that are particularly interesting to you? Is there anything changed in that area? Not necessarily because human beings, uh, we're so idiosyncratic that we're always a challenge. Designing anything for people is is always a massive, massive challenge because they never do what you expect them to do. I think there are a lot of interesting challenges in the realm of artificial intelligence, of machine learning, the way that we use bots. I think there are massive ethical challenges, uh, moral and ethical challenges in technology in front of us right now. And uh, I spend a lot more time these days than I have uh, in the past on those things because it's just sort of becoming more prevalent, you know, and I think maybe the risk is getting higher now that we have access to all this stuff and other people have access to ours. <laughs> Very true. Yes. Okay. We're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Yeah, sure. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? I think it was the combination of the designer in me that that, that is really into human behavior and how things, how things signal to people what to do um, and, and how they react to certain things. And this medium where everything was immediate. You know, I came from a print world where you had to, there was a massive amount of work that went into creating something that was a printed piece, all these mechanical moving parts. Now you get to the internet and software where, okay, if you sit down next to a developer and you spend four hours, you've built something in that four hours. What you just are working on and, and conceiving and ideating becomes real instantly. Yes. <laughs> That's a massive thing. You know, your, your entire body just goes, wow, this is incredible. So I, I don't think I have ever stopped 
being fascinated by that, by the immediacy of it, by the power and the ability that we have to create things out of nothing. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? I think the best career advice I've ever received um, actually came from my father at a very young age, at a time when I wasn't really ready to hear it. (laughs) That is, speak clearly and plainly. Jargon and terminology and I think what people call, you know, $500 words, just have no place in communication. You know, there are a lot of terms in my own industry that I certainly know. I don't use them. They're an obstacle. They're a barrier to communication. I want to make sure that every person in the room understands what I'm saying. Um, And he gave me that advice when I was trying to write a book report that sounded like it was copied from the encyclopedia. (laughs) You know, and and I was like, well, mom, this is what all my friends are doing. And uh, he was like, no, make it simple, make it clear, make it plain. Yes. And I have used that advice my entire career. and And I do think it makes a big difference because clients in particular will say, you make all this feel really simple and really easy. (laughs) And I think that's why. I think it's just communication. Okay. And uh, what is the worst career advice you've ever received? Uh, The worst career advice I think I've ever received is, I've always felt like it's a mistake to tell people that business is business and personal is personal. I think that if you care about what you do, if you care about it, that's what makes you good at it. If that's the case, I think it it is really difficult to separate out the personal part. And I think if you remove the personal part, then you create things that aren't really, quite frankly, as good as they could be. So is that a harder road because you've invested so much of yourself in it? Yes. But I think it's absolutely necessary. So this idea that the two things can be separate, I think is just not possible. If you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? I would say I would I would probably double down on one of the things that's always been uh, the advice that I give to to younger people, and that is learn everything you can about everything you can, even if it seems to be unrelated. The idea that you should never stop learning is a very so, sort of an old cliche, right? But again, in the pace of of what's happening right now, and there's the volume of stuff that's thrown at us and all these devices and all these different ways we have to access technology, you know, from from our appliances in our houses to our cars, to our phones, to... Uh, everything. I I think you not only have to learn about technology or design or UX or IT, I think you also have to learn a lot more about human beings. You have to learn a lot more about culture. You have to learn a lot more about what drives expectation. You know, there's just, it's all connected and it's all related. And I think you have to double down on the idea that you're never done. You know, you're never finished learning, improving, growing. That, that's, that to me is a requirement. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Trying to take on less, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) So time management. (laughs) Yeah, I am. You know, it's it's the one skill I've never mastered. My my problem is I say yes to everything. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm excited, right? This stuff genuinely, it's exciting to me. So if someone says, you know, in your case, you want to do a podcast? Yes, absolutely. That's not even a question. Yes. Um, Do you want to come to, I'm going to Prague tomorrow to the Czech Republic, to speak at a conference. I had said that I wasn't going to do any conferences in the latter half of the year, but I'm going to Prague tomorrow. And then in November, I'm going to London again for the second time this year. Right. You know, when people ask you to do things, it's it's kind of like you can't say no. You feel honored, number one. But number two, this stuff is so much fun for me 
that I just want to say yes to everything. (laughs) (laughs) But there are limits, you know, there there are limits. And I'm at at 51, I'm I'm learning mine. (laughs) (laughs) And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Resilience. Right. Resilience. That's always my, it's, against another big piece of advice. Okay. Personally, professionally, there are always going to be moments where you're going to get, going to get hit with more than you can handle. And the key is to be, to be patient through that, to bear it, to bear the weight, to keep going forward, keep putting one foot in front of the other, so to speak, until you start to get through it. Because there is no other way. You know, you just, you have to continue to go forward. So setbacks are going to happen. You need to expect them and you need to, to get in the habit of picking yourself back up and saying, all right, what's the very next thing? Yeah. <laughs> and, and try not to think too far ahead, you know, uh, of that. But that to me is resilient. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? Take time away from it, you know, and, and, and refocus on, on other things. You know, my wife, Ellie, my kids, my life, you know, sitting, sitting outside at night, just watching uh, fire in the fire pit. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just, you have to turn it off at some point, and especially again, because we have these devices in our pockets that we're looking at every 10 minutes. That too, you know, I went to Italy for two weeks, for almost three weeks earlier this year. And the one thing that I did not do the entire time I was there is I didn't look at social media aside from maybe posting some pictures here and there. I just absolutely refused to pick up the phone. And it was one of the best things that I've ever done. Yeah. You'll be very, very uh, well disciplined to be able to do that, I think. It's not easy. (laughs) (laughs) It's the the degree to which we're addicted, I think, is uh, a little shocking when when you figure it out. Okay. Well, the last question sort of leads into this one anyway. So what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Well, aside from those things, um, I've been an artist uh, all my life. I've been a musician all my life. So I do spend a lot of time making music, really just for myself at at this point. I'm trying to write, this is going to sound crazy because I have no technical, musical, real knowledge, so to speak. I can't read or write music. Um, I'm actually trying to write classical music right now, as as nuts as that sounds. But again, I love the challenge and it's a lot of fun. Um, I have a motorcycle that I don't ride often enough because it rains a whole lot here. Um, <laughs> yeah. But all those things, all those things help keep me centered and keep me grounded. And they're things that uh close to my heart and I, and I feel better after I do them. So, And Joe, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? One of the most important things that you can ever learn, and, and the two go hand in hand, right? There's sort of two things. Number one, be willing to be wrong. Give yourself the space to be wrong. And and, and instead of putting this pressure on yourself to be the smartest person in the room or feel like you have to know everything or feel like you have to have all the answers, okay? That's sort of the first part. Allow yourself the space to learn and grow and, and don't worry about not getting it right. All right. That's what this is about. We, we iterate, we try, we improve, we repeat. And the second part of that advice is in everything you do, you're going to have some fear, some trepidation, whatever you want to call it. You have to do it anyway. Yeah. There's a quote by, um, I think it's W.H. Auden. It goes, look if you like, but you will have to leap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
often it's um it's the thought of something that's actually more more worrying or terrifying than the actual doing yes and that's true that's absolutely true once you get into it you feel like okay i i can do this i can do this i've got it this isn't as bad as i thought it would be yeah i think you're right about that and finally what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you I would say the two best ways to do that are number one, givegoodux.com, which hopefully will be relaunched very soon. It's an aging site <laughs> that I've neglected for quite a while. Um, that's the first way, givegoodux.com. You will certainly find me on Twitter at Joe Natoli. Um, I spend a lot of time there, probably too much. Facebook and LinkedIn as well. I frequent those places as well. And I, like I said, I, I speak at conferences all over the globe all year long. So um, I'm always, like I said, I'm always very gratified and very happy when people come up and introduce themselves and, and share their stories with me. So for anybody who's listening, if you happen to see me somewhere, please come over and say hello. Joe, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Same here, Phil. Thank you very much. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in to today's episode and to my guest's career tips, advice and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. And a quick reminder that the show has now three episodes every week on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show to get new episodes automatically downloaded. Also, don't forget to join the IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. You'll get to engage with other like-minded people, get to find out more about upcoming guests and other episodes, and can get involved in the future direction of the podcast. It really is a great pleasure to be able to talk to so many inspirational people from across the industry and to be able to share their stories and advice with you. Thanks for listening, and remember... If you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.